Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within, to seek out new joys and new methods of awakening, to boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Well, welcome back, Awareness Explorers. It's great to have you again. And I often say I'm excited to have a guest. Uh, today I'm particularly excited because I've been diving into this teacher's teachings very deeply in the last month. Her name is Annalisa Adelberg. Uh, but before I give you her bio and, and talk to her, uh, I want to check in with Brian. How are you doing, Brian? I'm doing really well, Jonathan. And I'm also really excited that Annalisa is joining us today and sharing her wisdom with our listeners. So you also uh, know her teachings a little bit from a workshop that you took. And I've been taking a workshop from Annalisa for the last month. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Annalisa Adelberg is the founder of the Luminous Awareness Institute and has supported thousands of students on the path of awakening. She's a pioneer in integrating a contemporary non-dual path with a healing path. Her practices come from a wide variety of sources, including Tibetan Buddhism, developmental psychology, Qigong, and subtle energy. And I can tell you from personal experience that she is a master at being able to transmit subtle distinctions about awareness and various higher states of consciousness. And you can find out more about her and her institute at luminousawareness.com. And I'm so excited to have you here, Annalisa. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate the invite. And it's lovely to be here with both of you. Well, you know, so I've been listening to your teachings for a while and I do find various things particularly unique and specific about them but I'm wondering what you consider unique about say Luminous Awareness Institute and your teachings. It's a good question. I think some of the uniqueness has to do with my path that um, my original awakening was spontaneous. It wasn't through any tradition and it was actually with through a kundalini experience that happened over many years that it was sort of a repeated kundalini experience so when i woke up i i definitely woke up into a boundless field but that field was also very energetic and i know that a lot of non-dual teachers point to the pure awareness dimension of the field and i recognize that dimension but i think something that's unique about me is the nuance i have of also the energetic dimension because when i woke up what happened was is this the sense of out thereness went away and a feeling of interconnectedness with everything including being able to sense all of the subtle phenomena in the field woke up so i think that's a little unique because as i've hung out with other non-dual teachers i've taught with a lot of non-dual teachers I've come to realize that not everybody is experiencing. It's like I feel people, plants, animals as if they're within my own body, but not a local body, like a like an infinite body. Yeah, I've actually, I just want to expand upon that because I've heard you describe awareness is what recognizes and energy is that which signals each other mm -hmm. through the. Uh, and I thought that was a really fascinating distinction uh, that that pure, you know, pure awareness is is certainly what I um, originally learned. But I started to notice that there is that sort of communication of energy between people. I was wondering if you might talk a little bit about well, like. You know, like later in my life, I went to, to the traditions to really under to find language for all of these experiences. And one simple language that I liked was from the Tibetan Buddhist system of like Dharmakaya, which is that absolutely pure, you know, most fundamental level. And then some Bokakaya, which is this 
lively expression. It includes the energy expression. And then Nirmanakaya, it's like emptiness and form, like the perfect form. And so, you know, it's funny how awakening happens, but it's almost like I opened up through Sambhokakaya and then I had to find the others. So yes, for me, I experience the world as a vibrational field that's both empty but alive in every moment. Um, come to realize it's awareness that's aware of all of that. And awareness can look beyond that into the emptiness and the formlessness. But there is this uh, substance and this liveliness. And whenever I'm interacting with someone, it's like I'm feeling the dance of of our liveliness within this greater field. Is that, is that yep. make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I love how you make some distinctions that most teachers don't make. You know, you talk about pure awareness, but you talk about a term you call simultaneous mind, which is where you're both aware of awareness and aware of the dance of energy of the world and emotion at the same time. Yeah. And that's a hard thing for most people to experience. I'm wondering how you, for the, some people get lost in just being, you know, the the awareness and some people get lost in the energy and the dance of, of vibration. How do you balance those two things out? Mm-hmm. How do I balance them? It's by recognizing that they're unified, you know, that they're an inseparable pair in the Hindu system, Shiva Shakti, you know, mm-hmm. Shiva without Shakti is, you know, is sometimes depicted as a corpse because it's inert. And then mm-hmm. Shakti without Shiva is uncontrollable and wild. So awareness brings the coherence and the awakefulness to the energy, but the energy brings the aliveness and the manifest, that manifest expressive aspect. And so for me, it's, it's recognizing that they aren't two. They're actually one pair at once. I was having a talk with a Rinpoche that I, that's actually been teaching through Luminous Awareness Institute. Um, and he was saying that he found in the West, what did he say it? Not enough juicy. Mm-hmm. And I think he was pointing to the fact that sometimes awareness is emphasized so much that we, we end up in this stillness that's a bit transcendent of life. You know, it's like we're in the, the contentless, formless, level of our own being but not in the interconnected and in in reality you know compassion arises because we we are actually in an interconnected field we aren't separate from anyone and that's not a conceptual experience that's a felt experience yeah well put for people who have done a bunch of awareness practices and have less of the call energetic practice how do you point them to try to have more of that so it is more juicy there's probably different aspects of it one thing i've noticed because i've spent a lot of time with other teachers is that it's it's similar to pointing out awareness once pointed to it can be found you know because it's it's like pointing to what's already here (laughs) so it's it's like when we're we're seated and we we point out awareness you know, this boundless awareness, many people, you know, they say, you know, so subtle, but also so simple, that sometimes it's hard to recognize. Yeah, I actually feel like it's similar when we point to this boundless awareness energy. It's always been here. It's just not been in awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, So on the one hand, it's as simple as pointing. The other thing I find, like in the Institute, we combine you know, awareness training, awakening meditations with a lot of personal work. And I find that people who have trouble feeling energy tend to have something that's shut down in the nervous system. Like it's actually sometimes related to early compensations that happen when um, we don't get the responsiveness we needed in our in our young age. Mm-hmm. That something kind of shuts down. Often those people also have trouble feeling their emotions or feeling certain kind of sensation in the body. Mm-hmm. So if someone's really having trouble, I might look to early attachment trauma and work with it there. But ultimately, you know, it's right here. So it's just a matter of awareness, recognizing what's already here and has always been here. 
Hmm. I have a question about the topic of lack of juiciness. <laughs> I noticed uh, that um, there are, you know, s there are certain scriptures that are quite famous that talk about how any time we make a distinction or a preference between things, we are we're lost, and that there's this idea that we should not either like or dislike anything. And so, when people get that idea in their heads, they start denying their individual personalities, talents, preferences, and just uniqueness. And mm -hmm. and that creates a kind of a, of, of, of a barrier that's not really there. Have you found that to be, um, to be the case? Of a barrier that's not really there. When... Yeah, I think I understand you. The, the way I describe it in my own teaching is, is like depending where we are on the map. So there's an aspect of awakening that's about transcendence. It's about getting beyond our ordinary grasping and our ordinary aversions and letting go of the mini me or the, the ego's desire or dependence on circumstance. And it's actually a very important stage. There is something we have to do to recognize that which is okay outside of all circumstances and outside of all preferences. But one of the things when I'm teaching is I draw, I draw this image of a mountain and I say, you have to climb up the mountain to the transcendent point and really find that ground that's absolutely okay under all circumstance, right? But once you recognize that crown, you also have to come back down the mountain. And I say, don't go back down on the side of the ordinary mind. Don't go back to the mini me every time you want to engage in the world. It's actually coming down the mountain from that view. So there's a ground of that we rest as that's always okay and has no preference ultimately. But along with it, and that would be, you know, dharmakaya, right? Or awake awareness, like this ultimate ground. But simultaneous to that, as we recognize our limitless self that, that's completely impersonal, I also think as we come back in and we embrace the energy and we embrace our form, we're going to discover that we also have a uniqueness. It's like our own unique signature. You know, when sometimes I point to this image that's above me, and that's the Buddha families. And, you know, there's a point in Tibetan Buddhism where you recognize the family that you're from. And, and that's actually about recognizing that there's there's some flavor or something unique, like a signature that has something to do with your service here. And so we don't want to become nothingness, right? We want to become, we want to recognize the nothingness that's intimately interconnected with everyone and everything and has its own unique expression, like to gift the world. That's beautiful. That, that's exactly exactly what I was asking and the kind of answer I was hoping for. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing I found somewhat unique about Luminous Awareness Institute is your emphasis on healing and awareness, including psychological and early childhood healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's I've found almost no schools that find a balance between that. So I want to congratulate you because it's so rare. But what would you say is the contribution of working with, say, early childhood stuff or psychological healing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how do you go about it? Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm very passionate about um, believing that all of them are necessary, that we need to actually do our early attachment trauma work, our developmental childhood work but that by itself like psychology by itself will never relieve the ultimate root of our suffering but if we don't address that i think those underdeveloped parts will constantly um, filter the authentic awakening from its completeness mm -hmm. so i think it's very very important and there's more that we also address because we are addressing we actually do a healing method 
in Luminous, we do a lot of work with the childhood parts and the early attachment trauma, um, developmental trauma. Um, but we also do what, what I call simultaneous sessions, which are from the ground of awake awareness, allowing this natural liberation process to occur, which actually seems to clear up the impressions that are influencing our perception of reality at an even deeper beyond mind level. So we do all of that in the school. And there's a lot to say about that. So I'm, I'm trying to organize how to, how to include it all. So I definitely think that if we don't work with these childhood parts, they'll, they will be there as shadows. You know, it's very much aligned with um, Ken Wilber's integral theory that you have mm -hmm. to do your growing up and your cleaning up and your waking up. So we do a lot of that shadow work and that deeper work. And I, in, in, the, in the way I perceive this, like there's awakening and, there and there's enlightenment. And I don't actually consider those to be the same thing. So awakening is that shift of identity. It's the shift from the ordinary mind, like the thinker, you know, fully merged with this ego identity. And then there's this waking up into that ground of our, of our fundamental awareness as, as, as who or what I am. But then there's another process of that awareness of every living expression, like the embodiment of that awareness being none other than from that ground, you know, which I would consider a Buddha or a Christ, you know, when you're the living expression on every level and there's nothing uh, filtering your ability to see all of reality as it truly is. And that to me is a whole nother path. So it's like the path is, is not only to stabilize our awake awareness or our, awake, or our awakening, but to clean up all of these karmic impressions that live in this vibrational field of experience. And when they get cleaned up, it's like perception becomes, you know, nakedly open and, and how we perceive reality dramatically shifts. So in cleaning up these parts, there's, you know, I'm a psychotherapist by profession and been largely disappointed with the effectiveness of most psychotherapies. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering what, what your approach is for dealing with this stuff, because some of it's pre-verbal. Yeah. So for one, I do think I teach a slightly different. So I was raised actually by my my mother, my father, and my stepfather are all PhD therapists. So I was kind of like raised in psychology. And then I discovered what now is becoming really popular. It kind of makes me laugh. Luminous has been practicing in these ways. I've been teaching Luminous for 17 years. And now when you read attachment theory, they're finally understanding that this is a right brain to right brain healing process. Mm -hmm. It's not story-based. It's actually felt sense-based. And so there's something that has to happen on a very deep visceral level. So we've actually been working that way for a long time. It's like, how do you actually repair this nervous system and this attachment system, it's something very deep, something felt, very felt, and something very intimate. So there's a bunch of different tools that we use to do that process. So I do think the repairs that we're offering is, is a little different than the average psychology. Mm -hmm. And then because um, everyone who's a, a healer at Luminous is trained in awareness, so awake awareness is our ground, and we're also trained that not only is it a boundless field of awareness, but we have the ability to localize our awareness anywhere, which means the attunement level we can offer is very unique because when we sit with someone, we're sitting in this interconnected field in this ground of ultimate resource. And from this ground of ultimate resource, we're going and finding the parts that are bound somewhere in time you know, that have gotten stuck in an impression, you know, from an early conditioning and are stuck kind of replaying that perception. And so um, 
once you find an early rupture, it's about bringing the repair in a deeply experiential way, you know, over and over again until the system is reconditioned to recognize health, resilience, and ultimately truth. Right. And so, um, and another thing is we actually use the community. So the, the cohorts together for two years and I train every student in these methods of holding a quality of warm, unconditional presence with each other. And we talk about what is attachment repair and how basically we need to experience the missing experience over and over again until our, until we've internalized that as our own. Mm-hmm. And so the students become that for each other. We teach, we call it a mini session, that they learn how to be responsive to each other, that when someone is feeling in need of support, they have 20, 25 people up to 100 that they could reach out to and immediately have like a loving presence that's co-regulating with them and helping them repair in a moment. So instead of an hour a week with a therapist, which we also recommend, they're getting um, many, many doses. It's very similar to a glimpsing practice, you know, like in an awakening, you want to glimpse many times. So here we glimpse healthy, co-regulated well-being and support from another person again and again and again until our system starts to um, really learn that that's the norm. Yeah, I've heard you, I've heard you use the term co-awakening. Is, is that, is the process you just described uh, uh, that, or is or is co-awakening something different? It's I would say it's that and so and. you know I've I've got like two years with students and many of them come for four or six so we we it's quite a range that we cover but one thing that I like is so anytime we do a meditation practice in in the institute. Uh, after we've opened up some level of awareness or quality of awakening. Um, then we practice it with another person in a relational space and we co-marinate. And for me, I feel like that's deepening the ability to maintain the view off the pillow because it's not just something I do and then I get up and interact with people, but that I actually sit across, you know, with, for instance, you, and we find that um, experience together. You know, we rest you know, and then we notice what it's like to be with each other. Like in this moment, if we were to rest as pure awareness and 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 be in the space together, there's there's a shared experience that we can describe. Right. And yeah. it's like we feel that like yeah. I made that shift. You made that shift. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I also teach something like water is we call this ma, like the the compassion quality of awakening. And so that is more of the interconnected warmth. So now we can shift and recognize the ma quality, this water interconnected field. And when we co-marinate there, it's like there's a different shared experience. And and the students, even when we had to move Luminous online, you know, where where basically people are in different states, everyone's able to report feeling the unified field because it's truly non-local. So it's a training to meditate in this relational space. So we do literally meditate together with eyes open, noting what is this experience that we're sharing? What's mine? What's yours? What's this? What are we experiencing as this unified field? I can vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> So there's that, but there is also the mini session, which which also has to do like the person who is the counselor is more the trans transmission of a quality of awakening, a quality of truth. Like if if qualities of awakening are this absolutely unconditional love, it's all embracing. And then I'm I'm sitting as that quality as you feel whatever you need to feel whatever parts of you, whatever young parts didn't receive that from your mother. If I sit in that quality with you, there's a very deep fundamental repair that happens, right? But that's one quality. We have another quality we call more the father quality, you know, which is this, you know, incredible sense of presence. And there's a stability and a reliability. 
and right here. And there's a deep, there's a deep alignment there that I see and feel in you that actually repairs something different in your system. And so the students practice being the receiver, like opening the vulnerability that's still in need of a missing experience because something happened in their early conditioning. And then they also practice being the being that which is needed. And there's a funny truth that being the healer is also very healing. Like when you sit as truth with someone, you're all those young parts of you are getting healed as well. So they they there's a lot of reciprocity where students are shifting roles with each other and um, being both the transmission and the healer and then the one and the healy. Great. You know, uh, yesterday I was on a call with you and you took us through maybe five or six very distinct, for me, states of consciousness. Or um, that's one of the things I really appreciate about your teachings is that it's not just about wake awareness. There's there's many different things that are healing from different angles. And you kind of learn how to tune into each of those in different ways. What would you say for people who are only aware of awake awareness, what would you think is like most important for them to also be able to tune into? I found these seven qualities. These are the ones we teach in Luminous, you know. Mm -hmm. um, we gave them elemental names, but they were pointing to these fundamental qualities. So air is pure awareness, awake awareness. Water is this interconnected, uh, warm, like the primordial mother quality. Someone described it yesterday as floating in amniotic fluid while being yeah. bathed yeah. in love. Yeah. And so when we are when we're really marinating in this infinite field of awareness energy, we can notice qualities of that field. To me, it's facets of unity. It's it's all aspects of awakening. And actually, if you pay attention to different teachers, they're usually pointing to one aspect. Mm -hmm. And what I notice is, is that they tend to emphasize something that might be closer to what I call their constitution. Yeah. So um, one aspect that we point to is earth, which is the ground of being. It's like the, this absolute, always here, timeless stability. And that quality is very different than the water quality, which has this almost fluid, uh, it's, it, it does. It feels like being an ocean of awareness energy. And um, there's a fullness quality and a warmth and a feeling of, held embrace it's like i am the ocean and i am held by the ocean you mm -hmm. know and i i call that the mother quality but so there are these different qualities we point to um and ultimately i would consider full awakening to have all the qualities at once but I, we we initially point them out separately as tastes um and for me each one of these qualities has deepened my sense of reality, my, my sense of what this is. Uh, and some of the qualities for myself, I had smaller glimpses of, and I only deepened into over years. So I personally open much more through a water quality, like this warm interconnected love or, and then later in my life, I found that, that stable ground. It's like, I, it wasn't hard for me to find this, the, the empty sky of my awareness, you know, like that absolute emptiness, the vastness, but to find this emptiness form, like this absolute, it, it was like a, when I remember as it started deepening, deepening in my awakening, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but like the deepest level of security like any need to do kind of fell into that ground. And then there was just this infinite beingness. Yeah, I, I experienced that very strongly yesterday and it was somewhat new for me. You know, it's kind of like it's always there, but until somebody points it out, you might not notice it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. and I think you described it as 
as being like uh, stable, like a mountain and mm-hmm. feeling the earth and having all these different qualities really kind of, you know, it's instead of just vanilla ice cream, there's chocolate, there's strawberry, <laughs> there's Rocky Road, there's, you know, all these different aspects to really enjoy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that's something I really appreciate about your teachings. Um, you also do a lot of energy and in tuning into people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you can say, do you think that that ability uh, to tune in to people is part of the path, or uh, or do you encourage people to explore that aspect? In the Institute, we do help people train in that capacity. To be honest, I thought it was a natural capacity of having non-dual awareness, because for me, there's a boundless field of awareness. And of course, my awareness can locate anywhere within the field. I have met other people who've had that awakening who also describe it. And I, I remember I was talking with a high Lama about the quality and he kind of like chuckled like, oh, normal. So that was relieving to me. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think I think it is something that has to be pointed out. It took me a while to realize not everybody is, you know, I think we project our own experience onto others sometimes. And yeah. so um, it's been so many years that that that's been true for me that I have to remember it's not true for everyone else all the time. But I do think it's a natural quality of awareness that our awareness is boundless. And because we have a boundless awareness, everything that's appearing within this unified field can be known from awareness from within. And because I spent a lot of years in healing, I feel like I'm a little bit like an Eskimo with snow, like my ability to feel the nuance of, of, you could say the human energy field is, you know, I've spent a lot of years noticing this variation versus that variation. So I think I'm particularly uh, tuned in that place. You know, I'm not as good with, you know, I'm, I met a woman who can communicate directly with animals and, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time doing that. So, mm-hmm. but I, but I understand how she's doing that because I feel her awareness going and connecting but it's like she's learned to tune in in a way that I haven't. So, mm-hmm. so I do think that there's, it's natural and also needs some training. I have a friend that is opening up to that area and she, she wanted me to ask, what would you recommend for somebody opening up further? Has she already done a lot of non-dual training? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Cause one of the things that I notice is some people go to that kind of training before finding the ground of, of awareness. Mm-hmm. And that actually, I feel like can turn into overwhelm. Yeah. Like when you're suddenly sensing energy and sensing people around you, but you don't have that, which is um, totally uh, good under all conditions then you can get a little overwhelmed by having awareness that way. So Mm -hmm. that would be one of the things I recommend is first really stabilize uh, pure awareness. Um, She wants to know what to do to open up that capacity. Yeah, yeah. What might be a next step? She might practice... So one of the things we talk about in Luminous is uh, first letting go, like no mind. So like when we're in our thoughts, because thinking can't perform that act. So you have to really learn to go into a no mind space, like letting go of thought-based knowing. And then awareness has a direct knowing. So awareness is directly knowing. And so in the beginning, how awareness knows might feel abstract, you know, like it doesn't translate instantly into meaning or word for some person. It depends. Sometimes it courses through as a knowing intelligence, but, but it's like, it may feel subtle and abstract and it's to hang out first and not knowing 
then in this sort of direct experience without having to name it, and then um, then translating that into something. Um, so I would say practice not knowing, practice awareness directly experiencing, and then from there you'll find there's a knowing. Mm. Does that makes sense? Absolutely, yeah. Really so there's helpful. a need to kind of quiet the thinker. The thinker will be there even when I'm doing things. Sometimes my thinker is on the side like making little comments, but it's very much on the side. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I have more questions, Brian, if you don't. So <laughs> I find this very helpful. I want to uh, um, mention something personally. You mentioned... Um, how our senses ground us to the locality of being, you know, very much in our body, and that awakened awareness is, you know, non-local. Mm-hmm. And how do you, how what would you say to not to have people less um, localized through their senses, which is always pulling us into, you know, a personality and an ego even though this other thing is always going on. Mm-hmm. And the eyes in particular seem to have a very yeah, the big eyes seem to be a strong one. Um, so I taught, yeah, I would watch that with my students as they'd sit on the pillow with their eyes closed and they'd be, you know, experiencing the field of awareness. And then they'd open their eyes and I would watch, I would watch them collapse right back into their little faces and look out. Right, right. Like, oh. <laughs> so um one you know that I have like probably like 15 different pointers I use to try to help people um but one there's a few point I'll give a couple uh one pointer I like is um I have the visual field be like a background sound because there's always a visual field so I am seeing but as I'm seeing that's background to awareness that is awareing. So I'm so once I've opened up awareness, I allow the visual field to almost be like an abstract painting, painting, you know, like like not looking at anything in particular. And I allow the visual field to be there, but I I put it as a background sound. And then I notice what I notice from awareness rather than from here. And I notice that tendency. So it's like we do a lot of through contrast, like go into your eyes, go into your head, localize yourself in your head, look out. You guys can do it with me. Look out. I mean, it's a little hard for me to collapse right now, but if you look out at the room as if you're, as if you're inside your head and then um, relax that release back into this space that's all around you, behind your back, within you. And notice that the space is seamless with the space around in the room. And that there is a visual field, but it's just not, it's not the center of my focus. Is that helpful? That is helpful. And I can see it will take a little bit of practice, but I like the idea that you're contrasting the two. So you learn to go back and forth. That seems very helpful as well. Yeah, I do a lot of like, notice what it's like when you're in your head, notice what it's like when you're, notice thought-based knowing, notice awareness-based knowing, Mm. how are they distinct, and then the students describe that. So they're familiarizing themselves, that's the point, is, you know, my goal is that they don't need me at all, that I'm introducing them to the ground of their own being, and they're familiarizing themselves with it, and that they've done enough back and forth so they can feel when awareness, you know, awareness is a boundless unified field, but it collapses into locations because of, because of the senses, because of different things. So it's learning not to collapse and noticing what it feels like when that happens. Hmm. Brian, I think you, uh, you went out into the field and uh, in that exercise, I could tell that you were starting to bliss out. Yes, I like that exercise very much. And I've actually always liked those kind of comparison, like, um, you know, playing with zooming down and then zooming out, like narrowing down and then opening wide and seeing what the difference is or noticing um, 
thinking and being aware of what the thoughts appear in and, 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 the, and the difference and just noticing the difference, I think. So I love that description because it, it rang true. Yeah. And that you just did a beautiful pointer. I loved all of your pointers, what the thoughts appear in. And just as you said that, the awareness of the field, it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So learning the texture of thought, learning what it feels like to be to to create the duality and then uncreate it, you know, the outwareness. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Yeah. I've gotten benefit from your um kind of individualized instruction, although you're talking to a bunch of people, how everybody has a different uh skill or gift or tendency. Like some people can tap into awake awareness more externally and some more internally and learning what your type is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in Luminous, we call that the, the, the constitution, the energetic constitution. So there's something I believe we're born with it. And I do think there's a significance. Um, but one thing you could, one reason you could explain is like where we defend ourselves, the door is closed. So go where the door is undefended and already open. So some systems, you know, they're wide open, you know, if you meet them way out there and some systems are much more deep inside. And so it's just honoring that people have unique constitutions and that you can actually uh, refine the pointing out instructions, the awakening instructions to fit the person's constitution. And, you know, I've been teaching a lot of years so I've gotten to sort of try it out on different students and notice like oh wow when you point that way suddenly they immediately are able to glimpse and when you point another way they struggle 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 so mm. it's just a, a skillful means to really learn how to best attune to the different systems in the room mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I have one last question about what you call simultaneous mind mm -hmm. and Simultaneous is where you are uh, have awake awareness and you are dancing, very aware of the energy of emotion, the world. And obviously, I, I, I think Brian and I have more of the masculine energy where we tend to be more aware of awake awareness. Mm -hmm. uh, what methods do you point people towards to having that uh seeing that it's all interconnected and there is no actual duality mm -hmm. so just to clarify simultaneous means awake awareness and mm -hmm. so like there's many teachers who talk about emptiness and form as one like your mm -hmm. body is made of awake awareness that's a simultaneous pointer because we're mm -hmm. not simply pointing to pure awareness if i'm only pointing to pure awareness there is no body pointing to the contentless, objectless, right, dimension. Mm -hmm. But true non-duality is emptiness form, right? So that's simultaneous. Yeah. I happen to emphasize, so I point to both. So when, when you look around and you notice that the walls are made of awake awareness, that's simultaneous. And I bet you experience that. Am I right? Yes. In moments, I just have a hard time maintaining it. Uh-huh. And that's that's a whole, that's part of the idea is what stabilizes the view. But mm. um, you were asking, I think, a little more specifically about experiencing the simultaneous level that is um, pure awareness, you know, an infinite awareness and an infinite field of energy as one, like the Shiva mm -hmm. Shakti. Right. Um so if if you have, I think of more masculine systems prefer to start with awake awareness. So let's say we're starting there, like we're starting from this boundless awareness, right? Mm -hmm. You know, this limitless awareness that's always here. And the awareness we can recognize as the stillness, right? Or the silence. It's the changeless dimension. Awareness mm -hmm. doesn't come or go. That's the ground, right? But this ground is also inseparable with this liveliness. Like one class, you know, I took with someone, they called it the dynamic aspect of awareness, which for me, simpler, the energy. But to notice that 
that there is stillness dancing. Hmm. That seems like it could be almost a mantra. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 like it's really it's all here. So it's what awareness is aware of is awareness focusing very specifically on this contentless dimension. Or once we found this, this awareness from this limitless awareness, can we also notice that there is something full, you know, like, like amniotic fluid, like we're, like we're in an ocean. And this ocean also has no edges. There's no limit, no lack. And for some people, we could point to the ocean as an ocean of love or, or simply liveliness. And can you feel that shift? What happens when, when we also notice the fullness, not just the emptiness? What happens in your experience or what happens in Brian's experience? Something I was noticing is there's there's a feeling of of duality shifting to non-duality, and it's hard to describe what that shift is like. Uh, one, well, I guess one involves me looking at something, and the other involves there's just one thing, and maybe a relaxation uh, of like. Uh, floating in the ocean, but it, I'll, I'll have to try to describe it better for myself because it is an interesting shift, one that is is a little bit tricky for me. And um, your pointing instructions definitely helped me to get there. Yeah. And one thing is because of the tendency to localize, it's good to um, notice, am I viewing a field from here? Mm -hmm. Or can I actually view from the field of awareness? So like re relaxing, releasing the sense of this one trying, relax that into this ground that's always safe, you're already secure. And then noticing the awareness that's much larger than the room. Mm-hmm. I think of it as a double turnaround, like mm -hmm. turn around from the content of awareness to awareness itself, and then turn around again and look back <laughs> at the content. Right, but sometimes it's been called the U-turn when awareness looks back at itself. Uh -huh. But then once we've established ourselves as awareness, it's like recognizing inseparable. Yeah, and, and they merge. Then they merge. Yeah, it's, it's like. All that stuff out there and awareness it seems to be made of awareness exactly everything's made of awareness and even the air is made of awareness and and if you really feel the quality of the space around you does it feel empty it's empty fullness empty fullness right so there's a fullness here as well mm -hmm. i think i just found a shortcut and that is remembering what it feels like to be on acid. <laughs> it's funny. I've never really partaken much in substances because my life has been like that. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. I do think it's been helpful for certain people as a doorway. Uh -huh. At one time. Maybe not a stable, a stable place, but a doorway for sure. It can give you an experience and then it's a matter of how do you get back there naturally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that was very helpful. Mm -hmm. Any last questions, Brian, or any last things that we didn't cover, Annalisa, that you would like to say before we do a guided meditation? Actually, I think it would be a good time to uh, go to the guided meditation. But yes, Annalisa, is there something that we that we missed that you love for our listeners to hear? <laughs> The only thing is there's something about the way we've been talking that makes it sound so uh, magical. And I just want to kind of reiterate like uh, who we already are. It's, it's about recognition of what's always been here. It's not about um, a fancy state change. 
it's it's really about unveiling um, what's what's fundamentally who we are, and and it's not that someone is more special than someone. It's it's innate in all of us, and so um, it's something that's available for everyone, um, and many of us just need the time that it takes to recognize and once recognized then you find your own way to re-recognize um and so yeah that, that feels what, what what feels left and i guess the last thing is for me awakening is not just about a personal journey um it's like as we recognize who we are and that we're fundamentally interconnected with everyone it's like that heart of dedication unveils itself more and um to me the only thing that makes the journey significant is is that ultimate desire to be of service you know to serve this interconnected family of all beings and you know for me what i'm recognizing it's about becoming an instrument of that wisdom, an instrument of that love. You know, I personally like to say an instrument of God and that that's actually what matters. You know, it's not about state changes or experiences. It's about um, uncovering a deeper dimension of reality and what we are so that we can live in a way that's serving everyone. So. I find your words very beautiful. So thank you for saying that. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I'm tearing up. So excuse me. I do want to introduce your uh, guided meditation. And uh, I look forward to hearing that. And you guys will meditate along? It'll be Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's take a meditation posture you know, aligning your body. And as you feel your alignment, like your the central channel is rising to the sky, also really feel this ground that you're seated upon. And rest. Noticing any parts of you that are thinking or trying and recognizing that what's truly awakening you has been awakening you without your help. So just relax. Rest into the support that's always here. And just notice any parts that have a little tension. And it's as if you're giving everything over to this ultimate ground. Allowing it, allowing this ground to support you in every way. And you'll feel that while you're upright and something is reaching towards the heavens, at the same time, there's this beautiful humility that's surrendering to something that's much larger, taking refuge in this ultimate awakened intelligence that's been awakening you since the beginning of time. So relax into this intelligence as this intelligence. And noticing as you relax, is the thinker still here? And if the thinker's here, it's, it's often good to locate the thinker. 
Notice the thoughts that like to go into the past or go into the future or try to solve problems. And just notice the location of the thinker and the feeling of thought. And as you notice that, notice that you're not those thoughts. In fact, you are the awareness of thoughts, of thinking, of sensation. So recognizing awareness. It's always here. And as you recognize awareness, you might notice that awareness has a spacious quality. Awareness is even more spacious than energy. It's this contentless, objectless dimension. This openness, this wakefulness. As you recognize the spaciousness that's all around you and within you, you might notice that this awareness has no edge, the boundless awareness. Absolutely spacious already awake, lucid, bright, clear. And as you recognize this boundless, seamless awareness that's all pervasive, notice that this awareness just is Your thoughts come and go. Sensation comes and goes. Even your body will come and go. But there's something that remains, that is. This awareness has no boundary, no bound, and it is invisible and seamless. So as awareness notices awareness, the vast spacious quality, notice if you're noticing awareness from a sense of a local me, and cut through that and recognize awareness from the field of awareness. And this infinite, seamless awareness, it's changeless. It's also interconnected with this liveliness, this dancing. So it's an ocean of awareness energy. Resting as this ocean, noticing that there's a sense of being felt. There's a, a sense of being held. Resting as this ocean that has no limit. Feeling this all-pervasive field, outside and inside, 
no outside, no inside, one unified field of aliveness, stillness. Everywhere. And here, intimate. Marinating as this field of warmth marinating as this ultimate ground, boundless ground, absolutely still. Resting in this ground, and letting go of any part that feels like it's up to me, releasing it into this ultimate ground of intelligence that's awakening itself to itself. And from the silence, perhaps you hear the roar. For when the divine, for when the mind is still, the divine mind fills all space. Resting as a mountain, open as a sky. Fluid as an ocean, your heart like a sun. Blessing all beings everywhere. Noticing already interconnected. Noticing as we're about to shift that this view can remain. And even as your eyes are open, you are still rested as this infinite ground that's around you and within you always helps. Well, complete there. There's uh, something in the way that you word things that really works for me. <laughs> so thank you. And uh, sometimes it's just a, a a word or two or a phrase and um it it seems to open up another doorway so i'm very grateful for that yeah i really enjoyed um a lot of people who've interviewed me haven't had as much of a background in non-dual awareness and what i've enjoyed today is the shared field between the three of us because mm -hmm. i can tell that when i'm pointing to something or discussing something, I feel your awareness join me. Mm -hmm. And that's very luscious to share in this awareness together. So, One delicious know. pool of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Getting to know that aspect, yeah. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. lovely to hear.
And I guess people can learn about you at luminousawareness.com. Yeah. And, you know, the, the program we spoke a lot about is my two-year program, but I've also been offering much smaller introductions, like the class you're taking, Walking the Path, which is literally just teaching about the levels of mind between ordinary, subtle, awake awareness, simultaneous, and true nature. So it's a good way to, to, to connect this. Um, maybe just less of a commitment for, for getting to know. Yeah. And is uh, I don't generally do uh, commercials, but it is absolutely awesome. <laughs> so I <can> recommend it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed having your presence there. And, and Brian, I, I invite you because I've been really enjoying um, marinating with you today. I really love the we space and that's kind of the intent It's like we open up these deeper levels of our own mind and our awareness, and then we co-marinate together and it just gets richer. Yeah. yeah. I would love that. <laughs> well, uh, people, thank you for joining. Please let other people know about the podcast. Feel free to go to our Patreon page if you want to support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash awareness explorers blah, blah, blah. You've heard us say this before, um, but we're really grateful, Annalisa. And, um, and I guess uh, till next time, friends, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. We'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.